Well, good evening. It's another episode of 97 Octane Hockey, and uh, I got to start with the most important thing tonight. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't get the memo. A large one. <laughs> That's a dandy. So I guess since the last time we'd uh, done one of these, uh, we played uh, some regular season games. and Oh, have we? Oh. Well, not the first one. That was uh, – I guess still a preseason game for us, but it counted for Vancouver. Uh, they kicked the shit out of us with an 8-1 uh, victory, and um, both goalies gave up four on the night. Um, you know, Campbell was chased um, about halfway through the game, and Skinner came in to try to, you know, right the ship and uh, get a momentum change. And it looked like it was going to happen for a little bit, and then it went off the rails, and Vancouver... Uh, Took it to us pretty hard in that game, missing Ekholm, uh, I think played a bit of a role, but even with them, I don't think we walk away with a victory. And I think that was proven, uh, you know, by Saturday night's home opener, great start for us. I thought we played about 10 minutes of pretty good hockey and then defensive mistakes, I think led to uh, Vancouver, you know, getting on the board, getting their confidence up and going. And they were very opportunistic. We didn't give up a lot, but they cashed in on every single chance that they that they had. Um, I don't really fault Skinner for uh, that game. I think the only one really where I would have liked to have seen a save um, for sure was the was the fourth goal from uh, Vancouver, where I think Ekholm forced a, a low percentage shot shot, and you know Skinner the the only he, it beat him across his body, and I I just I hate those goals. I hate when you get beat to the far side when that's really all that's given up. Um, that one bothered me. You know, people want to talk about the numbers, and I guess we'll play a little bit of Skinner's uh, uh, interview today, which I kind of look at, and I'm like, well, I'm glad he's showing some confidence, but it, it seems like he's not taking some ownership of what's his too. You know, I think it's fair to say that you need your goalie to make some saves that he probably shouldn't. And I don't think that really happened for either goalie in the first two games um, so far. Um, you, you, can't, you can't blame the goalies because obviously it's a team game too. And uh, But having said that, we have not gotten goaltending, the good enough goaltending to win these last two games on either. Like you mentioned, uh, there are certain times you need a guy to come up with the, with, and, you know, the big save, especially in crucial moments. And we weren't, we weren't getting it. Uh, I actually thought Campbell looked pretty good that first game. He was square to the shooter. I was seen to be reading the play well. But one thing I did seem to uh, notice is that he he was struggling with rebounds. There were quite a few juicy rebounds, especially stuff that would uh, sit loose right in the slot there for a while too. And because our defense was already having a pretty shit game that game, that that stuff wasn't getting cleared. So, so that's a tough one to start. But it's tough to press any panic button. Uh, you know the same narrative two games in. Uh, I think the biggest disappointment is all the hype, you know, all the anticipation, you know, all these claims of uh, or predictions and prognost prognostications about the order being the team to beat. Yeah. And and we all bought into it. We fed into it because we believe it. And I still do. It's just a really disappointing start to the season that has so much promise actually attached to it. Yeah, I thought we were going to come out of the gates better. I, I definitely didn't think we were going to get, you know, our heads handed to us in the in the first one uh, like we did. That was uh, that was surprising to me. And, you know, 
after that, I mean, Vancouver kind of probably gained a, a lot of confidence and we probably, although nobody wants to admit it, sunk a little bit. And uh, I, I expected Saturday to kind of be what it was. I didn't expect us actually to win, but I expected it to be a better game. Um, I expected us to win. And, and I think we did the, I think we put out the effort to win. Um, like, off, number one, again, uh, I actually thought this was kind of a weird thing for, uh, for me in that game because defensively we were still hit and miss because we did keep them to minimal shots. And most of the shots they did get were from the outside that, that they were getting from bad angles. But then every time they had a grade A chance or uh, they, they capitalized on a defensive miscue or uh, our grade A chance would just go in, we, did, we didn't get the save that we needed, that sort of thing. So it was one of those things where, geez, we'd be so good. And then we just, whenever we fell apart, uh, like you mentioned, the Canucks were opportunistic and just they put it in. Yeah, the, the first two goals, you know, the deflections basically from the top of the top of the paint um you know no defenseman is in the vicinity to do anything about either one you know tie up a guy cross check him get him out of the crease take a penalty do whatever you got to do to you know get that guy out of that prime real estate none of none of that happened a little later on i think something was said uh because nurse actually tied up uh petterson um on a p potential deflection try he he kind of tied up his stick but then he goes ahead and, and decides to go crashing the net on a five on, <laughs> you know, odd man chance. Fogel misses everything, couldn't piss in the ocean from a rowboat and the Canucks turn it up ice and two on oh, I, you know, people are faulting Skinner there thinking that he should have got some of it. But on a two on oh, I mean, I, I'm faulting the other team if they don't score on it. <laughs> yeah. By that point, it's it's, you know. A two and zero at the NHL level, you should always be scoring on. Now that yeah. was a that was a three man error that whole play. I mean, Fogel, that's a terrible miss going far side on, on a rush like that. And yeah. then you had both CC and Nurse jumping up. I know yeah. I know Nurse looked like he uh, was the worst of all of them because 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 he was right in the frame of the shot right when it happened. But in all honesty, like they they both jumped up and it was an error on both their parts. I actually thought overall. Uh, well, number one, our CC nurse pairing was the worst pairing that night. But I actually thought uh, CC was just a little bit worse than nurse because at least nurse was throwing the body around where CC was standing on just watching a lot of things going on. I, I thought actually they had a decent night except for that fucking play. It was uh, terrible. <laughs> no, I, dis I disagree. CC was standing around a lot. Uh, seemed to be, seemed to be um, not engaged as much. He seemed to be waiting. He seemed to be waiting to react instead of, uh, instead of act. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of a nagging injury still there with him. Maybe he isn't 100% yet. He he does look tentative to me at, at times. Um, yeah, you know. like he had one good rush. He jumped up on the plate nicely, and I kind of thought maybe that that's going to be the, the switch that's going to get him back and engage in this game, and they just kind of faded again. So Yeah. Um, maybe before we get too far into this, I, I will put play the Skinner uh, clip here. Um, let me know if it's not quite loud enough. I can turn it up. I feel really good. Um, I thought both games, uh, when I went in for Supi, I thought I played a really good game, uh, really good goals that were scored on me. Uh, same with tonight. Uh, definitely want to look back on the fourth one. I'm not really too uh, exactly sure what happened, but um, something that I can, uh, I can look at and change. Uh, besides that, the other three, I mean, pretty good goals. So I think I'm... Uh, my game, I feel like I'm in a really good spot. 
it's difficult when you're a goalie, like people say, 16 shots and four goals, but there's two ticks from the blue paint and a, a two-on-hole. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like, as a you know, as a goaltender, when the number 16, do you feel like you got to try to keep it below four somehow? Is uh, it fair to say? Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say that you want to keep it, you know, have it have good stats and you know look good uh, look good for you know other people's opinions. Uh, you know, that's all other people's opinions on goaltenders. Uh, goalies know how to play, and you know numbers lie. And uh, you know, I thought I, I thought I played well besides getting sixteen shots, letting four in. I mean, happens, and um, I'm gonna grow and move on. Overall, you guys outshot them by like 25 shots. What do you think defensively of your team's performance? Defense, like for us? Uh, uh, obviously, there's things to kind of get better at. Um, and like I can help with that as well. Uh, I think we collectively just got to get together and work on those things. Um, I mean, offensively, like you can tell we're, we're incredible, right? Uh, you know, it was a really good game. Uh, Dennis Smith there, he, he played fantastic. And you got to give credit where credit's due. So, um, yeah, there's there's stuff that we got to work on. Uh, we're gonna work through those kinks and get better. What does the goalie do on a two and zero? You don't get a lot of two and zeros in a goalie. Really, really depends what they do on their two on two and zero. Um, that one is a little bit interesting. Uh, Pedersen kind of threw a slow pass, so I kind of thought he'd get a pass back. I mean, they normally do. Um, and then here, you really just count how many passes they took take. But in this case. Shot right away. Uh, not too sure if he meant to go five hole. It's something you guys could ask him, but um, yeah, it is what it is, and um, it's a good goal. What's the overall? You know, how's this team feeling about itself? Obviously, I don't do no one's happy with that. Um, you know, what's the sense back there? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of frustration. Uh, obviously, you want to start two and zero, not zero and two. But uh, in my opinion, I believe adversity never kills you. I think it makes you a lot stronger, and for us to face it early on might be a really good thing for the long term. So uh, it just really depends how we bounce back from this and determines how we bounce back from any adversity that we're going to encounter moving on because we will face adversity. We're going to have games like this. I'm going to get 16 shots at four in. I mean, it's how you kind of respond to that. So uh, we're going to face adversity again, but it's just how this group's going to respond. And I know that these guys, I know everybody in here, and we have uh, we have a lot of grit. And we know how to bounce back, and we're uh, we're a hell of a team. So I have nothing but trust for these guys. What do you what do you take away from that one, Bobby? Okay, so uh, he says all the right things for sure. This is what he's supposed to say. Uh, like he he uh, you know he he says out loud that he feels good. Uh, I don't know if he if he said if he has to say that out loud so that he believes it. And I but I but I truly hope that he does believe it. I, uh, I hope he does feel good. I hope this doesn't, uh, you know, knock him down too much. Uh, he did take some ownership. He did say a little bit there, you know, there's something I can help back there a little bit more to uh, on certain plays. My biggest takeaway of all that was, so again, he, he said all the right things except for one thing. Uh, the numbers lie, he says. That, that one gets me. So the numbers that he's talking about that are lying are, you know, eight goals on 32 shots for a 750 save percentage and a 5.33 goals against average. Uh, both him and Jack Campbell right now on goalie point share shares on hockeyreference.com uh, are negative 0.3, which is, so those are awful, awful numbers. If those are lying numbers, those are like, uh, <laughs> those are like uh, 
35 years old and you're still bleeding in Santa Claus type of lie. Like that is, that is, those are, those numbers aren't lying. Are they a bit exaggerated? Well, yeah, because they were really shitty losses, right? So I think, so they are a bit ballooned. But having said that, even if you cut those numbers in half, they're still shitty numbers. So that's the only one uh, that kind of, I had a chuckle at. But other than that, we're going to need these guys. So, and I got faith in them still. It's a really, really terrible start, but you can't hang these things on the goalies, but. I, yeah, I I don't think the numbers lie. I I think there's a cruelty in those numbers. I'll I'll go along with that. But they are what they are. I mean, they are what uh, they are. Yeah, um, you know, you, you look at let's throw out the first game, but you look at the last one. I mean, and you look at the at the goals, and if you make a save on the first two, I mean, it's better. You know, it's more luck than good management. Um, Tip tips from that that part of the ice are are really you know they're they're next to impossible to stop if if you if you make a save on there you, you've done well and a two on zero I just throw that out the window uh, you know some people are saying but the shot but the shot but I don't know I get out of his little his little hit there that he was expecting Pedersen to get it back so maybe he was yeah. cheating cheating a little bit but. If you're gonna throw put that on the goalie, I think you're doing the wrong thing there. Like a, a lot different could have went on in that play, and it never would have led to a two on zero. It could have hit him in the chest and gone under his armpit and in the net, and I wouldn't have blamed it on him. It's a freaking two on zero. Yeah. Uh, so like he was in position, and you know Patterson gave the pass early. So usually if you give a pass early on a two on none, an offhand rush like that, you're you know percentages say that you're gonna get the pass back. I think early on, you're not expecting the guy to shoot. It was a great play to shoot the puck right away. Caught Skinner flat foot up. It's a two on none. If you don't score on two on none in NHL, like you were saying, then there's something wrong on the shooters, not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and then the, you know the last goal. That's that's the only one I'm going to pick at. But to me, if a goalie gives up one bad goal in a game, um, you know, not not such a big deal. So just here's one, the thing. You got, just one you got sixteen. Yeah, door-to-door solicitor. Say no to a new vacuum cleaner. We, we would have had a problem in a minute. <laughs> Sometimes Dursa needs to remember to make sure your your uh, computer is actually plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work for a while, so, but then she'll die. <laughs> I will say this. So 16 shots. Uh, that is, as a goalie, 16 shots is brutal. Uh, that's not a thing. Like when people say 16 shots, like he had an easy night. I'm telling you, you know, 20 shots or less. Is a, 20 shots or less is a terrible night for me. Like you're not in the game. You're not in the zone. You don't have the rhythm of the of the game or nothing like that. I'd rather get 50 shots a game than 16 shots a game because you're in that rhythm and you're 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 in the flow of the game. You, you you're in that zone. 16 shots, I'm telling you what, I'm that guy. 16 shots, I'm looking for babes in the crowd. Like, I'm just yeah, like anything. Yeah. I'm jealous yeah. of the guy in row seven who's, who's eating. It looks like he's got a delicious hot dog right now. Like, like just, you're, just have you're to stay do, focused. I gained the, a whole new appreciation for Marty Berdour, uh when I understood what came with that position when I was playing. Because he would get 20 shots or less in a game. But, you know, four or five would be, would be 10 bell shots. And yeah. for him to stay focused that whole time, to make that save when he needed to, I mean, that, that's incredible. 
Yeah, you're doing the Patrick Wall. You're skating to center ice. You're stick handling around the whole team just to stay <laughs> stay in it. <laughs> I had to learn tricks to stay focused. Uh, thankfully, most of the teams I played on were pretty shitty, so I would get 40, 50 shots a game. But uh, on the on the nights where I would have a slow night, like twenty shots, I like I would I would try to find tricks to keep me focused. So I started I would start doing play by play in my head uh, of of the play going on, so I could stay focused on the game itself, right? Um, so I think we've kicked that subject around enough. Uh, oh, quick point I want to make though. I couldn't help but notice, uh, as we all did, the game that we're we're just pummeling Vancouver. Casey DeSmith puts on a Vesna-like performance. Where is Casey DeSmith on the tier of Vancouver goalies? <laughs> we can't huh. score on backups or third stringers or nothing. I'm it's just another another example where that's happening. Last year, we finished three games under 500 to backup goalies or or lower. And now we start off again 0-1 against backup goalies. I would say that he made a couple of saves on dry sidle on the power play that he probably shouldn't have. No he was phenomenal. Luther Smith was phenomenal that game. He yeah. stole that game for sure. You don't you don't get that bombarded in shots and and not put the onus on the goalie for say you know what you you got us these two points. Which which is kind of interesting because you know that goal that Nuge scored. I mean, he tore him to shreds. I mean, it was a perfect shot, but. <laughs> He made that look really, really easy. Yeah. Just walk he in, did. roof it, and it's it's by him, and and away we go, right? So, I mean, they they, they still can score goals. It just gotta gotta limit what you give up on the other end, and and they did. But I, I don't know, like the the nurse thing that that's a brain fart. Um, the other two are just blown coverage. Like I don't know what what's going on. Like I don't think it should matter if you're playing a zone or or a man. Um, if you see a guy, you know, in that paint area right in the middle, you got to get him out of there or tie up his stick so he can't do what, what was done back to back. And I and I hope Dave Manson goes through the tape with these guys and, and, and you know, shows them, like, this is something we can't do. Like, that, that, part, that part was bothersome because this, this is basic shit, like really elementary <laughs> basic shit. We got to get a grasp on that before you, you, you try – you know, doing anything that's more complex. Well, it's funny you say that because in game one, I thought uh, I thought Kulak is probably our worst player in game one because he was playing beer league defense. And I like he didn't touch a guy. He was swinging a stick at the puck randomly and just wasn't engaged at all. And again, uh, of course, he didn't cost us the game. It's definitely, it's definitely a team loss, but he stood out to me as a guy who just was not in that game at all. Um. I think I'll play Kane's clips and then we'll move on to Nashville. This is uh, Evander from today. It's kind of comical, so and it's not too terribly long. So, just a thought, Evander. Just uh, you guys liked your game on Saturday. You didn't get the result you want, but can you build off that one? Yeah, it's really like parts of our game. Um, I thought we did. I don't know if we could do anything worse, but we did a lot better than we did the, the night before uh, against those guys. So, uh, but at the end of the day, we we have to. We gotta not expect to score five or six goals every game to win. Um, we have to limit goals against and be a little bit harder uh, in certain areas. Generating a lot of chances. It's just a matter of trying to bury some of those. Yeah, and, you know, I know we had forty shots or whatever it said, but I really think we could add more. Um, and there's we, we spend a lot of time, I think, on the outside. I think we have to really start to penetrate uh, the middle of the ice, especially in the ozone, and get pucks there to create some more great scoring opportunities. When you, if you end up on this line. What parts of your game do you kind of need to make sure you have rolling when you're skating with those two guys? 
I mean, I played with them together uh, the last couple of seasons, and we seem to uh, all work well together and know how each other's play. And um, you know, I think we can hopefully generate some some more opportunities off the rush. We haven't had too many odd man rushes uh, for. Um, in these first couple of games, so hopefully Conor's own clean, company their own clean, create some stuff off the rush, and, and obviously when we get into their uh, the other team's end, um, just being harder on the net and uh, getting open for those guys. Under outside noise and outside noise, how are you guys handling the you want to start within the group? I know it's just I know we're, we're dead last in the league, <laughs> thirty two, <laughs> sky's falling. That's <laughs> uh, no, I know there's I know I've trust me I see it I've been out around town and and uh, but I think. You know, Again, we're two games into the season. Um, you know, we got a zero winning percentage. We could be 500 uh, you know, in the next two games. Who knows? But, uh, you know, our focus is on tomorrow night, uh, getting our first one of the season, getting a good feeling back in the room, and um, moving on, hopefully, to Philly. Are you getting more support from fans or advice? Oh, no, no, no. I, I mean, we're only, we're only two games in here. <laughs> so, not looking ahead to next year yet? Sorry? Not looking ahead to next year yet? No. Is that just the market? Yeah, I mean, we, we understand um, the expectations, uh, the excitement, um, and, and obviously the desire to win in the city, and, and we all feel the exact same way. Um, and I think uh, community the fans uh, understand that, that we as players feel that exact same way, if not more, and uh, you know, want to put our best foot forward. It's not going to be perfect every night. Um, it hasn't been perfect these first two games, but... Uh, we look forward to getting better as the season goes on. Some players don't like that fishbowl. Others, others really embrace it. They think it's good for uh, keeps everybody sharp. Keeps everybody. So what's your? I love playing Edmonton. So um, I played in a fishbowl. I don't even consider Edmonton a fishbowl, but uh, um, it's definitely a passion hockey market. And it's fun to play for. Edmonton is at home. It's kind of the same boat. You came there from somewhere else and very quickly sort of uh, embraced the community. Yeah, I mean, as a hockey player. Um, you want to have that pressure. You want to have uh, that type of fan base that backs you and, 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 and those that desire uh, to win, not just within our own team, but within the community. I think it just drives you as a player and as a group um, to be your best every single day. Um, and, and we embrace that for sure. Do you ever panic over it? Sorry, there's uh, Kaner's comments. I thought it was kind of kind of funny. <laughs> what's, your, uh, what's your take on our uh, on our power play so far? Um, I thought in the first game, a little disjointed, um, a little trouble doing what they do with the puck, like, uh, you know, the control and passing just timing was a little bit, a little bit off. Um, I'm actually surprised that, um, they're staying out for, you know, a minute and 50, (laughs) you know, I thought we were going to see a little bit more of a balanced, uh, you know, first unit, second unit this year. That's kind of what was trying to be sold to us, I think, by like guys like Rashog and, and that, um, it, or Strudwick, um, and that and that hasn't happened. I, I've seen them stay out for extended times. Um, the thing that is worrisome to me is that teams have adapted, or at least Vancouver's adapted. And uh, they're ready to pounce on the little drop passes back to McDavid. Um, you've got to disguise that better if you're going to do that or carry it. Bouchard later, I think, uh, on Saturday, he, he carried it in. Um, he carried it in himself. So 
after it basically just about got picked off and on a breakaway the other way with Connor being kind of the guy back, but racing the other way. Um, yeah, need a little bit more deception, but I thought, you know, on Saturday too, they started moving the puck better. They started to look more like they're getting back to themselves. Um, the penalty kill though is atrocious. Um, that is uh, that is a, if they don't figure that out, that's going to be an Achilles heel of theirs. That'll keep other teams in games that they have no business being in. And I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of what kind of hurt them a little bit uh, in these two games against Vancouver. Well, you combine the shitty penalty killing with a couple of undisciplined penalties too, and that's a bad combination right there. Our, uh, I'm with you though. A uh, good pickup on the um, uh, the drop pass thing uh, that that happened once each game where yeah. Richard wants it back, gets intercepted. So, yeah. uh, but you could definitely see he was more aware of it as that game went. The second game went on. He he definitely was shoulder checking a lot more and that sort of thing to see where Connor was instead of just dropping it back, hoping Connor pick it up in mid flight, right? So yeah, I mean, but if he becomes like uh, deceptive with that, like. He, he might catch the people cheating on him too. So it could lead to odd man rushes. Like, you know, look back to him and see if they're going to go for that little drop and then don't drop it at all. And uh, The power play, the only time I disappointed in the power play was when we couldn't cash in on that uh, two-man advantage. That was my only disappointment. Other than that, I think we've controlled the power play. We've uh, bombarded the net. or seem to be puck fo or net focused on getting pucks to the net. So the goals will come. And having said that, we're, you know, in two games, we're at 27%, so that's that's not a shitty number at all. It, I mean, it's not the 31, 32 that we're used to right now, but, of course, only two games in. But that's a that's a very acceptable power play now to begin. And and we could have had more. I mean, we got stolen by Casey DeSmith because uh, we had seven power plays last uh, last game. So we definitely could have had some more there. But we're definitely putting on pressure. Yeah, um, sorry. Um, names uh, joined us here. Uh, nice to see you, bud. Go Fort Hawks, eh, Name? Are they even still around? Jeez, that seems like ancient history to me now. <laughs> the good old days, hey? Oh, man, those are great rivalries, the Austin Fort Hawks. So, so today, um, line shuffling, I guess, yeah. um, started to happen, pairing up, uh, you know, the big line with uh, Kane. McDavid and Dry, uh, Fogel getting a look on the on the second line with uh, Nuge and, and Hyman, and uh, McLeod and Holloway and Brown on the third line. The fourth line probably stays the same. Um, Dustin Nielsen and, and Tom Gazzola on uh, uh, oh, what is their show? Man, I'm drawing a blank. Oh man, I'm having a sports talk. Yeah, their their noon show. Um, anyway, they they were thinking that it's just um, Woody kind of trying to troll uh, the fans and and Nashville uh, playing kind of coy. I kind of have my doubts. I th I think they will they will run that. I th um, Drysaddle seems to terrorize the Nashville Predators whenever we play them. I mean, last year he was a point machine against them, and I think like the last six or seven straight games against them. He's, he's just been, you know, force one man wrecking yeah. crew. But I, something tells me that I, it's too early to be kind of playing the mental games. I, I, I think, I think he is going to start those guys all together. I agree. I, I don't know what he gains by, uh, by trolling. 
So I think we are in that mode right now where we just want to get that first win, and then and then we'll start uh, you know, settling in a little bit. So you know, and, and I'm one of those guys who is is not against loading up a line. I don't mind putting all your best guys in the first line, and if you have your the best defenders will obviously be paired up against you then. But you know, and they can be effective for a while. But how long do you keep a combination of McDavid and Drysdale quiet? Like they're the two best forwards in the world, so they'll adjust their game, you know, eventually as the game goes on. To me, it's like uh, me being a Tennessee Titans fan. Uh, Derek Henry, I'm a good golly. Like uh, he starts the first half by running two, three yards a game, just pounding the defense. And by the time the second half is going, he's running for seven, eight, twelve yards because the defense is beat up. Yeah. Right? So you can only defend for so long before it just gets to you. Yeah, I. You know, if you it, to me, if you're gonna go with the nuclear option with McDavid and Drysital together, I actually like the idea better of starting them as a, as a unit rather than using that as a band aid solution to try to catch you up in games. I I like the idea of kind of just you know, if you're in that arm wrestling match, you you yeah. you take it over right off the start instead of trying to come back. I I, I like that idea better. I I still like you know. That them on their own running their own lines, but uh, well, there's benefits to both for sure. I, I understand of spreading it out a little bit, but that's still a decent second line. If we, you know, let, let's say uh, no, Fold is more of a third line player. Uh, yeah. I don't mind them giving him a shot up there just to, like he has had some second line uh, in Carolina a little bit here and there. So, uh, but uh, an option of Nuge, Hyman, and Brown looks a bit better to me than Fogel up there, maybe. Um. I I think Holloway's actually showed well the first two games and and him him getting a spot in the second line uh, left wing would not hurt my feelings, um, but yeah I I Fogel's tried hard but the hands just aren't <laughs> what they need no. to be to be a top six guy with with this group. I haven't and liked and I, haven't, I haven't liked what what I've seen so far out of Zach Hyman. Out of Connor Brown, out of Evander Kane, like those guys really haven't brought it yet, and and that's a good thing, I guess. If if we're losing games and and they haven't really entered the fray yet, that to me that's promising because if they do, then then it'll make it easier to start winning some games. Well, I will disagree with uh, with Hyman uh, in the second game. I thought he had a really good second game. Uh, he was definitely part of a you know the problem there in the first game. Uh, like a lot of guys were, but I thought he actually had a really good second game. But I'm I am totally on board with your uh, diagnosis on Holloway. I think I thought Holloway was our best player in game one, really. Yeah, yeah. And he also showed the never no die attitude by blocking that shot there at seven one. Like he there was no quit. Like he definitely seems to be very determined this year. And uh, he's throwing his body. He is forechecking the Dickens uh, on every play. And uh, like he's been that way for. I thought actually, even though he was our best player in game one, I thought he had a better game in game two like he, he played really well yeah yeah no i i've liked what i've seen out of him uh that's promising you know if there's a defenseman um worthy of praise i i don't know who i would list <laughs> well uh nobody in the first game but i actually thought bouchard and broberg played really well in the second game yeah, yeah, Broberg's kind of flown on, under the radar, and as a six or seven, simple in game two. Like he was, a, he was, he was awful in game one. As was Bouchard. As was, you know, 
pretty much everybody, I guess. But uh, he kept it simple in Broberg, and I noticed, like I noticed his uh, attention to detail and just just chipping off the boards. Now we're on this hawk theme. Name, name has to say, uh, keep, come back like hawk, you know, over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Power <laughs> and over the top, yeah. I gotta, I gotta turn my turn truck the on there. On. Name. <laughs> turn the switch on. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are only aging ourselves now, boys. It, it, it lets the kind of gray hair through, though, so I'm gonna turn it back. <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah, like, we got we like that old movie. So yeah. we got Nashville coming up. Uh, Nashville, who are one and two right now, but their one win was a was a uh, shutout win. Um, close game though against Boston. I think they lost three two against Boston, and I think Boston's going to be and an, uh, you know a sneaky good team still. Yeah, I have them. Coming, I have them coming out of the East to go to the finals. So, do you? No, I do. I think there's uh, there's less pressure on them now. Yeah, it's going to make a difference to us have Bergeron and Krejci. Absolutely, how's not be? But Bergeron has already created that uh, atmosphere in the dressing room. His presence will still be felt there. Marshawn. Like Kevin Bergeron, basically best buddies on that team for so many years. So he's going to carry on that kind of try to emulate that kind of leadership uh, culture, right? Uh, Pasnak, yeah, you know, he's, a, he's a rocket shard favorite in my mind. Uh, even though Matthews, I guess, is coming out of the gate pretty hard. Uh, but again, two or three games in, but less pressure on the Bruins. Uh, so I think there's one of those teams that, that's going to they got the best goaltending tandem in the league. So. Um. Yeah, on that front, I'm just going to pull it up. And so, checking your out of town scoreboard tonight. Hey! Uh, the Red Wings uh, beat the Blue Jackets 4 0. Convincing one. The Chicago Blackhawks beat the Leafs 4 1. And uh, Rangers beat the Coyotes 2 1. The Washington Capitals beat the Calgary Flames 3 2. Well, how about that, eh? And I guess Eric Francis, Francis, you like to say all season long. Um, <laughs> Michael Hebert had to point out in the in our group chat. Oh, that, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> so Leon Dreisaitl's got a goal in every game all season. Yeah, does he um, have all goals? And, and finally, the Florida Panthers beat the New Jersey Devils four to three. Hmm, that's how they were pretty probably a pretty good game. Yeah. So Ekholm returns uh, to Nashville. And uh, it's thinking that might be emotional for him as his kind of final way to say goodbye to what was, because he spent, uh, was it 12 seasons there, I think? Uh, he was there for, for quite a while. Um, but I think it's going to, I'm so glad he's back. I mean, he did look uh, a bit off for, for it being his first game. Uh, he looked a bit flat-footed. He still made some really good plays as well, uh, but definitely wasn't the act home that we're used to, but that's to be expected. He didn't play a single preseason game and uh missed the first game of the season so hopefully so, he'll be fired up and uh for this next one and uh we get that echo that we need because he is that stabilizing factor back there that calms things down that that's much needed especially right now where we're running so wild and 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 uh uncoordinated in our own zone um six o'clock puck puck drop or shortly after probably 607 or something uh, tomorrow um According to the score, Stuart Skinner is our expected starter and UC Saros for uh, Nashville. I'm kind of thinking Campbell's going to get the net tomorrow yeah. myself. but I think so, too. Yeah. I, just, I think he uh, should. So uh, right now, nobody's really proven that they want to be in that net. Uh, yeah, or deserve yeah. To, I shouldn't say want to be, but deserve to be in that net. So 
assistant yeah. here until somebody steps up there and we can ride him for a couple of games. Uh, no, nobody's taken the net, you know, nobody's, you said, no, nobody, nobody said this is mine and I'm going to run with it. That just hasn't happened yet. Um, 12 years naturally. You're right. 12 years. Is yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and trip uh, to the finals for them too. Yeah. And good for us for making that trade. That That's, uh, that's great. Um, I, I watched a little bit of Eric Carlson with Pittsburgh um, and, and, he makes things happen with them, but I, I just yeah. think Ekholm was probably more of what we needed than uh, another really high octane. Uh, <laughs> well, coin, coin our own uh, phrase here, but uh, high octane, high offensive um, defenseman. I think getting a more of a shutdown D man is really what we needed. So yeah, well, maybe, but like, but well, no, but like he definitely fits uh, what we need. But geez, like, it's tough. Uh, how do you say when you pick up Carlsman? How do you say that was terrible if he's a Norris winning defenseman? <laughs> like, that's, he still would have helped us too, absolutely. But yeah, uh, in regards to what we need back there right now, yeah, like it, it would have taken us in a different direction, is what it would have done. Yeah, yeah, it would have changed some things back there. But if but if we're looking at uh, Carlson and Ekholm uh, side by side, like who do you choose if you're picking up uh, a, a D man for your team? I, like I'm picking Carlson. Like he's He's phenomenal, yeah. but uh, that's not that's not a knock against Ekholm. There's very two very few players, very few D men you pick ahead of Carlson. I think. Yeah. But, um, would would he still? Some strangers saying here, would he still favor Skinner for some reason? I don't know if he. I don't know if he's really showing that. And again, just right now we're just we're just banking off a rumor that says Skinner might be starting uh, next season. But I mean, there's something to be said about having invested in Stuart Skinner, like. Uh, Woody has known uh, Stewart since the beginning of his professional career. There's a longer relationship there, yeah. Longer relationship there, yeah. But I think he's a, I think he's smart enough to. Uh, he's gonna to do whatever. To, he's gonna yeah. do whatever it takes to win. I think in the, yeah. in the playoffs, I, I think it was a little bit of damned if well, you do, damned it. if I mean, you don't. Whether you want to think of it or not, there's there's a certain amount of Woodcroft being in the hot seat. Uh, you got the team for it. Now we need to guide the team. Uh, for it, right? And if Woody isn't the guy, he might be safe. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to create any controversy there, but there's going to be whispers, right? There already was last year when they got knocked out. There was whispers about Woody not, not being the right guy. Yeah. Um, there's pressure. There's pressure being the Oilers head coach. For sure. And, you know, I mean, LA or Vegas proved that you can win without having a. a a, a flat out number one goalie, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like he is, he isn't even the flat out number one now. Like him and Thompson are sharing the net. And Thompson yeah. was in the All Star game last year, so like he, like he was red hot until uh, he got hurt, and then they had to go by goalie by committee after that. So, uh, if you buy into some of the rumors too, it's you know we're going to go into Philly, we're going to play the game, and then we're going to walk uh, Carter Hart to the plane to come <laughs> home with us. <laughs> I do find it interesting. I saw there was a, a rumor from a pretty credited source. Oh my goodness, who was it now? But I guess the orders did look into either uh, Linus Olmer or Jeremy Swayman in during the summer. Out of Boston, so, yeah. yeah. So there is, uh, you know, obviously that's a uh, they weren't happy with the way things ended uh, goaltending wise in in the playoffs. Uh, I think that may have been more of a of a coaching situation uh, how the goalies were handled overall. But uh, I guess you're always looking to improve your team in every position that you can. So 
uh, you're, you're going to check into a team like, because let's face it, Swayman and Ulmark are probably both number one goalies. Swayman could be a number one goalie somewhere else, probably for that matter. So you're going to look to see whether those guys uh, would fit what you have in mind for your team. Um, just to give people a bit of a heads up, uh, next week it looks like we're going to get uh, Sabres Bunny uh, from Twitter, um, Jill, uh, to, to join us, and she'll – you know, hopefully have a, a Sabres win and we'll have some Oilers wins to talk about uh, <laughs> next week. So that's kind of what it looks like. She was going to join us tonight, but came down with a pretty significant illness and she just had a baby too and the baby's sick too. So they're both, they're both sick. And, and uh, so we just, you know, uh, wish her well and, and yeah, we'll have her next week. Uh, she knows her shit and she's a big Rasmus Deline uh, cheerleader and, uh, I look forward to that conversation. Um, I think for the most part on Mondays, we'll do kind of recap of the week and there's not that many conflicts uh, where there's a game on the night that we're supposed to go on Mondays. So it works good. If, if we play an Eastern conference team out East, we'll do post game shows on Mondays. And if it's a later one here on the West, uh, we'll, we'll go before it and we'll stick to Mondays. Um, I'm not sure what you're doing Thursday night, but I might be down with uh, chatting post game there, or I think uh, there's a Winnipeg on Saturday, uh, Saturday night, uh, maybe after that. Um, so do a little bit of post game stuff as well. Um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a fun season. You know, a little doom and gloom here to start, but they'll they'll shake it off and they'll, and they'll get going. I didn't expect everything to be, you know, uh, a straight, a straight climb to the top of the mountain. There's always peaks and valleys in a, in a season, and you know, starting with a little adversity will make them better. I think it'd be different if if we started the season like uh, six and two, and then we had this kind of two game losing slump here, uh, you know. But just the fact that we start the season that way, eight to one. That's that's our biggest thrash we've gotten since Connor McDavid's rookie year, and New York Islanders beat us eight to one. So, you know, that, that's a pretty significant crashing now because he's, he's been here now for a while. So, yeah. tough way to start, but, yeah, it's early on. It's funny, though, for the season, like, so both games that have happened has been shitty for me for timing-wise because I've actually had a hockey game on both those nights. So I've had to PVR it and then watch the game afterwards and not go to bed till, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. So that made that 8-1 to one loss even more difficult to swallow. Like, I could have been sleeping through this to begin with. So. <laughs> um. I remember in 06, I actually went to a game with Chad and we were sitting behind the Oilers net and they were playing the Avalanche and it was 7-1 for Colorado and Ethan Morrow scored to make it 7-2 like late in the third and the fans actually booed the goal. <laughs> the other fans booed the goal. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was like the Bronx cheer, like the, the, yeah. the Yankees. Just, but you know that team went on to Game Seven on the Stanley Cup Finals. So, yeah, the lowest seed team in the playoffs, I think, that year was definitely yeah. out of the West. So, yeah. like that was that was as Cinderella's goal. That was a Cinderella run for sure. But yeah, we made it to again, 11 59 as Cinderella that night. And again, it's not necessarily the best team that wins. It's just the team that gets hot at the right moment and, and finds a way to win. Because let's yeah. face it, the Boston Bruins were the best team in the NHL last year. They were. Uh, they didn't have a whole lot of weaknesses at all. But in the playoffs, teams found a way you know, to beat them. I mean, they, they became susceptible. 
it's it's a war of attrition too, right? Like you can you can get yeah. worn worn down physically and 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 mentally, and and you know not everybody's equipped to handle that. So, what's your prediction for tomorrow? I, I think they they find a way to to get a win. Yeah, I I don't think it'll be a blowout. I'm I'm gonna say five three. Oh, we're well, still going pretty high. I'm 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 knocking it down, and then this might be just me rose colored glasses and. Uh, and fruit punch talking, but uh, I say two nothing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think they have the that figured out yet to to make it that low scoring and uh, and get a win. I, I I think there's still work to be done in the, on their defensive game, and I don't think it happens overnight. I think it's going to be a progression. I do think they figure it out eventually here, but I don't think it's overnight. There, there's just like. And it seems wrong because it's such basic shit. Like I, I, that part's the hard part to figure out. You know, there's a guy in front. Hmm, maybe we should move him. Maybe we should tie him up. You know, it's elementary level hockey, but that's not getting done. So, what do you think of the narrative uh, that some people are trying to push? Uh, you know, Specter is one of them. Mark Specter's been one of them, kind of leaning towards this about maybe the uh, about maybe the owners haven't been on the ice for too long before a training camp with the captain <laughs> sort of stuff. Like they're getting tired already before. I think, I think, started. yeah, I think he's reaching yeah. for a story. Yeah. No, if you're going to look at that as a negative in any light, I think you're fucked up. <laughs> I won't sugarcoat it. Yeah. You know, and, and it wasn't even like the captain skates aren't intense skates. I and mean, they do a couple of drills and they do some scrimmages, but it's not like they're, uh, and going balls to the walls just to get their legs going, get ready for training camp, and then put on a good camp. So. You know, this is a good comment here, but those Canucks were quite strong. I, I, I almost think if there was a lot of emphasis put on by uh, Talkit on us, and if they face another team, they might not be quite as well prepared, but they seem to have a pretty pretty good game plan. They seemed to be ready for that drop pass from Bouchard, like they were targeting that. They knew it was coming, and and uh, you know, it wasn't well disguised by Bouch. Yeah, but they knew what to look for, and uh, were primed and ready for that. They, you know, I, I don't think their game was all that sophisticated, but um, you know, they came at you. They came at you with speed. I think they're a better team than they were last year. I think they've made improvements. I think. There's guys on that team now that have a bit of a chip on their shoulder and they're tired of the suck, so they want to do something about it. Um, yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Vancouver plays a different team because maybe they put all you know all their bullets into that gun to be able to fire at us and have nothing left. We'll see. I think you're bang on on the point of uh, Taka uh, prepare these guys for the Oilers. I think Talkett recognized uh, what a boost it would be to the team, to you know the, the whole franchise, to to even like the first game, to win that first game against a Stanley Cup favorite team, what that would do for the confidence of your team, right? Yeah. So he had he had them prepared to the hill for that team, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if for the last week of training camp they are preparing for how to play against the others, how to play against McDavid and Drysdale, especially on the on the power play and what have you, and they carry that momentum. Uh, not necessarily the second game. They won the second game, but the Oilers, like, they dominated. So this is a bonus for Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett couldn't have had a better start to the season than having two wins against the Stanley Cup-favored Edmonton Oilers, including an absolutely massive blowout in game one. 
I got I to gotta push back on this, but I'll show you the comment here. He says, yeah, I hope they take it to other teams too. Not me. <laughs> uh, the hate for Vancouver is pretty strong. Like them and Calgary could lose the rest of the year, and I would be perfectly fine with that. Well, I do think uh, – in my preseason predict predictions, I don't have the Canucks making the playoffs. I do have them uh, fighting for that wild uh, last wild card spot. I think it's going to be very, very tight race for that for the last two uh, wild card spots or for right. two wild card spots. I'll I say think, I think the Flames are going to surprise this year, and I, I hate saying that, but I think I think they're going to surprise a little bit how how they're going to do this year. And I'll and I'll push against you there. I think Vancouver is a better team than Calgary. I expect I expect bounce backs from Huberto. He's a he's a top ten NHL forward. Uh, Markstrom uh, is a top ten NHL goalie. They both had off years last year. Uh, the, their defense uh, is rounding into form a little bit. Manji Pani was off last year a little bit too. So I just, I just see them, uh, yeah, have have a pretty good step forward. I, I wouldn't be surprised if actually Kuzmenko does more damage for Vancouver than Huberto does for Calgary. That would well, actually done, wouldn't surprise me. Huberto's done shit for Calgary so far. So yeah, uh, yeah. So, and, and there's no way you keep a guy that he's too talented. Like he's too good. He just he just didn't fit early on, and then he lost his fire. He couldn't. He couldn't find his groove. He lost his fire. But he, even now, I like, yeah. I, I, there's no way you keep a guy like that down. Yeah. Look ahead to Brock Besser. He lost his fire too. And look at look now how he's come out of the gate. Sheesh. Yeah, uh, Besser's going. Uh, Pedersen's going. Um, it's well, funny. Probably, I, I gotta say that. I gotta say this, you know, there, this guy from Vancouver was crying the blues that late in that first game that the Oilers were running after Pedersen. Did you just fucking omit the fact that Pedersen jumped to hit CC? <laughs> <laughs> like, don't cry about your guy getting run when he's doing running, like in a, in a hockey game. That that bothers me. That's like, oh man, it's like you're playing junior B and, and the guy's running around just you know trying to hammer everybody, and then other people start going after him. I mean, it's a, you know what's coming if that's the way you're playing. If you're a star player on a team, uh, and, and Pedersen is, and, and Quinn Hughes is, they're star players on our team, they will always get a little bit of extra attention if, if the opportunity is there. And they won't, necessarily go, they won't necessarily go out of the way sort of thing, but if he's in the vicinity, yeah, they're going to knock him, they're going to bump him, they're going to poke him. Like, it's happening to McDavid, it happens to Drysdale, it happens to Crosby, it happens to McKinnon, it happens to McCart. That's just that comes the territory of being one of your uh, players that carries the team. You know that's that the and and you know that shenanigans are going to start to come when the game gets out of out of reach, yeah. right? Like, yeah. So if you're so worried about that, then why throw them on the ice when it's seven to one? Or there, there's that too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what do you, what do you think about Ryan Reeves basically uh, getting in a scrap every every game for Toronto so far? I I don't know if he fought tonight, but. Uh, I think he he was two for two right out of the gate, and I'm not surprised, especially early on. He wants to make an impression. He wants to uh, to win the fans over. Um, you know, as long as he's not really costing his team in that regard. So so far, they've been you know, yeah. they've, been, they've been good fights, and they've been uh, with with the guys who want to fight him. Yeah, so, no, I I think he lost the first one with Wi-Fi there from Montreal. He, he so? got... I thought it was pretty close. Oh yeah, no, he he took a couple right in the chin that I think uh, <laughs> loosened him a little bit. The, the fight with Felino, I thought, was pretty much a draw. But uh, you know what? And Felino went into uh, self-preservation mode. 
and, and good for him. I mean, good for him for taking the fight or for you know jumping in for the fight for sure. But he, he like Felino's smart. Like he he's not gonna he's not gonna trade blows with him. So yeah, yeah. No, you got to protect. <laughs> but but that Wi-Fi could trade punches with him. Like yeah, he can. He's, he he's, can. Uh, He's yeah. uh, quite the chucker. You know, what is Reeves now? Like he's thirty six or something like that. Like he's not a kid anymore either. So he, he's he's gonna milk the last of these kind of moments that he can and make an impression. Go out with a bang kind of thing. Uh, so everybody lost an ego. Says I miss <laughs> Michael Dash and Durst. Yeah, I haven't been on with uh, those two oh, for, for I like a little I just bit. Got, I feel like I just got picked on. <laughs> I, I miss us with Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got to dunk on the guy when he's not here. It's the best time. I mean, he he oh, did man. that. He did that to you when you lost your service there that one night. He's like, "This is the best Bob's ever done." Well, this is probably the best episode I've I've, I've ever done with Chad. So, yeah. <laughs> tit for tat. He, yeah. He's never sounded more intelligent to me than right this minute. Yeah, um, but I'll so need to get some of my uh, my boosters on here to get to uh, put some good feedback about me in there. I just got single out. Like, geez. <laughs> mom are you watching say something good mom are you watching <laughs> you can phone a friend <laughs> <laughs> i've got no friend of the call <laughs> oh man um so predictions on the road trip we got nashville and philly well these, these are on paper these are, these are teams that were uh we should be beating but so were the Canucks, right so uh <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks <laughs> mass Masakari, is that how you pronounce it? Um, so yeah, th these are these are games that that uh, we we should be able to use to build momentum. Um, these are probably also uh, teams where uh, you can probably make a mistake or two and shouldn't cost you as often as it against the Canucks. They don't really have the firepower the Canucks have. I mean, you can make an argument about Forsberg uh, for Nashville, and you'll see off the back end. But it, Philadelphia doesn't really have anybody that, that strikes a lot of fear in you. Um, Having said that, these are also good games to to round into form, right? Uh, find find your rhythm, uh, find your style, or you know, make a statement. This is what your style is, and find your game. Yeah, I uh, I think we'll win both on the road, and then it's going to be a tough one against Winnipeg at home on Saturday. Yeah, Winnipeg's another team that I think is going to surprise some people. I I, st I still think they're uh, they're capable of uh, a playoff spot. They got a good core. A good core. Shifley, I guess, said on uh, "Got Your Back" that after he signed his contract, he slept for ten hours that night. So, <laughs> seems like he's got a weight off his off his mind, and and he might, you know, be a force again. Uh, the guy definitely can play, and he's got a bit of an edge to him. And yeah, I'm I'm still kind of a little bit in shock that uh, Winnipeg seemed to resurrect uh, what they got going on there. And if Angel's uh, listening, I, I think uh, maybe one of the problems in Winnipeg was Pierre-Luc Dubois. And congratulations, L.A., you've got him now. Well, I will say this uh, for L.A. If they're – to get the best out of Dubois, they have to do it in this first year. Because Dubois always seems to do well with the first year that he is on a team. And he gets kind of complacent after that. So you have a motivated Pierre-Luc Dubois right now. You take advantage of that. Because when he's motivated, he is an elite player in, in this league. But there's so many times he just takes a takes a night off when he's just not feeling it, right? Yeah. Uh, and the fact that he's requested a trade on every team he's been on is kind of a red flag as well. Also, but, um, you know, today I, a little blurb came up on one of my notifications that there's 
goaltending troubles in <laughs> in LA. Um, well, like we didn't see that coming. Y- yeah. Like you're hoping for Copley to find the form he did last year, but that what he did last year was uh, an anomaly as well. Like he's he's been a career minor league for the most part. When he's been up in the NHL, he's been a backup. And Talbot is inconsistent at the best of times. When he's on his game, yeah, he's fine. When he's on his game, he can do what Aiden Hill does. Yeah. And he, like, he's probably better going to Aiden Hill is when he's on his game. But he's just so inconsistent with when when Cam Talbot's in a groove, he can be an elite goalie. But it's just being in that groove that sometimes is a is a mystery on how to get him there. Yeah. Um, and to begin with, he hasn't been in that groove. <laughs> any uh, any final thoughts, Bobby? And we'll call her a day. Ah, uh, go Oilers! You kidding me? Like, uh, yeah, it's been a really shitty way to start the season. That's for sure. But. Uh, I know, like, I, I work with a guy who's a, a diehard Leafs fan. He, he, he works basically right, right beside me. And so there's a lot of trade trading of bars back and forth. And, of course, I got to hear about how Matthews has got six goals in, two, in his first two games. And uh, Leafs come flying out of the gate. But I'm not too concerned. Not uh, not the start we wanted. But there's no way we don't we don't find a game. with the two best players in the NHL. Uh, I keep reminding myself of that, and that gets me fired up again because – we get to watch them do their magic tomorrow night, and we get our first one. Yeah, I mean, even a losing effort, um, watching Drysaddle and, and Nuge and McDavid uh, work on the power play, and 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 that is is a treat. Um, and and just watching them in open ice, I mean, just so gifted, the things they can do with the puck. Um, so Drysaddle was, was our best player yesterday, like he, or the last game. Like, he he played elite, like he really did. Yeah, he seems to have that little bit of chip on his shoulder already. And I noticed in that game, like there's some games where he's not like 100% engaged. And he was fully engaged in, in, yeah. in that one and aggressive and <laughs> just after it. Um, we've switched, you know, from 9 o'clock to 8 o'clock for these on, on Mondays. Um, got some people, I guess, out out in Eastern Canada that uh, doing nine o'clock is 11 o'clock for them. And a little too late when we're ending at midnight. So, you know, dialing it back an hour uh, has kind of appeased them. I hope this works. This time slot works for um, everybody out West here. Um, it, it, it seems to work for me. It's good. I can get done and kind of get my 16 year old to be a son <laughs> to bed and <laughs> organized and, and all that. Um, appreciate everybody for listening and either Thursday or Saturday, I think we'll do post game. Um, if Bobby wants to jump on with me, if he can, that would be cool. Um, I'll check out, see what I got going on. Hopefully I'm not playing that night again. <laughs> thanks everybody for, for watching and, uh, keep your sticks on the ice. Keep reaching for the stars. Go Oilers, go. And hopefully we are talking about a few wins come Monday for sure next week. Uh, Good night, everybody. And now for everybody's favorite cool-down music.